Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. End of the week of Sunday, October 31st, 2021, Halloween, and the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost, and we are continuing our conversation in the Gospel of Mark this week. We'll be talking about this podcast on Sunday. Okay, so we're starting in Mark 12, starting in verse 28, and I'm reading out of the CEB translation. One of the legal experts heard their dispute and saw how well Jesus answered them. And so he came over and asked them, which commandment is most important of all? And Jesus replied, the most important one is Israel. Listen, our God is the one Lord, and you must love the Lord with your heart, with all your being, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you will love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Then the legal expert said to him, well, sa well said, teacher, you have truthfully said that God is one and there is no other beside him. And to love God with all of your heart, a full understanding, and all of one's strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more important than all kinds of entirely burned offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered with wisdom, he said to him, you aren't far from God's kingdom. After that, no one dared ask him any more questions. The word of the Lord. Okay, so I am considering this part three of examining for our community, like what it might mean to follow Christ, which we talked about last week on Sunday is one of the Gospel of Mark's core questions. What does it mean to follow Christ? For us, I like to think of it as how can we live lives of sincere service and see God's action in the world as universal, liberating, restorative, and given our conversations over the last few weeks, unexpected. So to do a little bit of recap, last week one of our questions was on Sunday, what, what are the qualities of our faith? A way to think about this is um, what is below how we often talk about our faith and how do we live as a result of how we even articulate uh, our faith? And I'm just using the word faith. We can use other terms in there as well. But what are those qualities? Like what is, what is unexamined? Uh, what can we mine? What sits beneath the surface? What is maybe unconscious? And an image that came up in our conversation last week was how uh, an iceberg, and you just think of the tip of the iceberg, might be how we talk about our faith or, or maybe most often kind of consider our faith. And yet the implications of that faith is the 90% of the ice that's underwater. And we spoke about how healing and justice in the Gospels aren't just for individuals, but healing and justice in the Gospels is about the restoration and healing of all things, systems of oppression over long periods, including, um, including everything like the planet. We also talked about how systems of domination and impression, we talked about systems of domination and oppression and how Jesus's vision of God's kingdom operates outside of our typical constructs of hierarchy, power, control, violence. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we mentioned how in the text with James and John, how we might we might often assume what it means to follow Jesus, but we're probably a lot like them, much more concerned with our, our status, our, our positions, our, our ego, uh, 
our successes more so than we're con you know, considering um, love, being driven by love, humility, grace, and liberation. And if you remember on Sunday, even what we think about when we think about God is a way of articulating as a community how our experience of, experiences of God can vary and how God is experienced as, as presence and absence cosmically and immediately. Uh, so we're carrying these tough questions and thoughts with us uh, to this week's text, which brings us to core questions about what does it mean to, to love God and to love neighbor. And I think this is this has got to be one of Jesus's most well-known statements. And I assume that if we were to ask Christians around the world and throughout history about what is central or what is a guiding North Star for what it means to be a Christian, we would probably hear a version of love God and love your neighbor, even though we we know that the lived interpretation of that kind of declaration would uh, really differ. Uh, so Facebook changed their parent company name to Meta this week, and while I've really enjoyed so much of the dunking, uh, one thing that I noticed in Mark Zuckerberg's video is that <laughs> He called Meta their new North Star. And so as I was thinking about this core teaching from, from Jesus being kind of a, a community North Star or uh, Christianity's North Star, uh, I couldn't help but think of the parallels about how, how so many corporations, uh, how tech is all vying, all these interests are vying to be um, a new North Star for all of us. There are so many corporate political media and cultural interests that are all promising to be North Stars. Um, but as, I mean, as we know, and we talk about it a lot at Mission Hills, our, we know that our world is so much more complicated than that. And, and actually, this really exposes how infinitely more religious uh, our world is than, we, than I think most often consider it to be. So I think it's interesting that if we examine uh, these kinds of religious promises of, of tech, politics, media, and the self-help industry, their North Star is all offering us some kind of sacred object to potentially fulfill us. And this week's popular text from the Gospel of Mark is, is one that's included in some version or another in all of the synoptic gospels and here here jesus is responding in chapter 12 to scribes and pharisees who are largely in the gospel of mark out to bring him down and this particular scribe actually serves as another one of mark's unlikely characters to interact with jesus in a way that we're just not expecting given the context and so right before this text, and it kind of alludes to it at the beginning of what we just read, uh, Jesus is being challenged by uh, scribes, Sadducees, and other religious elites. And, and then this particular scribe comes to Jesus with a, I think, a sincere question about what is most important to Jesus. And Jesus responds really um, predictably in some ways. He responds with the Shema, which is a combination of 
uh, Deuteronomy 6, 5 and a verse from Leviticus in, in chapter 19, verse 18. And it's, it's known as a version of a, a common confession of faith among Jewish people. And so Jesus here is making a, a connection with those who are broadly out to kill him and take issues with many of his teachings and actions. And he responds in, in kind of an orthodox way here. And Jesus gives the scribe his answer. And the man then not only agrees with Jesus, but he expands on the wisdom teaching from Jesus by adding that these two commandments that he lays out, and he kind of reiterates them and changes the words a little bit, that they're woven together and they are more important than ceremonies and sacrificial offerings. And so I think this is kind of what's surprising in the context of the story is the scribes and the elites are trying to trying to trap Jesus and to ask him bad faith questions. And yet here comes here comes another scribe, another religious elite, and Jesus says, you know, this guy's on the this guy's on the right path. Like he's on the right track because of his affirmation and development of a of a why the love of God and the love of neighbor are inextricably bound and so he he kind of gives it he kind of gives a why to uh, Jesus's um, Shema statement and he says that it's because this is way more to love God and to love neighbor is, is much more important than all this reli- the religious trappings of it and it's worth noting that uh, in this cultural context like we really we can really focus in on the word uh, love and maybe that could be something that we talk about on Sunday you know what what does even the word love mean for us what does it the word love mean for you and in their cultural context um, love is expressed as a deep connection or attachment to to God and other people like family like a kinship so um, we often think about the word love culturally, I would say broadly, as an internal feeling or like an emotion or uh, affection for another person. But in the Jewish consciousness, love uh, has to be lived and expressed by, uh, by the group, by the community, as a form of like a collective consciousness, a holistic way of living in the world together. So love is a communal way of living and being in the world. And we often say, Justice is what love looks like in public, which I think might be a helpful way of thinking about how people in the first century Mediterranean would have thought about what love required, not of the individual, but the group. So not affection or uh, good intentions, politeness, um, a belief that God loves everybody theoretically. I think sometimes those are the kinds of religious ways that Christianity talks about love, like affection, good intentions, um, and, and then again, the theoretical belief that God, <laughs> that God loves everybody, like that's something that Christians say all the time, God loves everybody, um, and, and yet it's, it serves more as like a, a theoretical thing that people um, cognitively think or believe about, and yet the Jewish consciousness, uh, this interaction between Jesus and the scribe is, I think, talking about love um, in a very different way than, than we often talk about love, which demanded something from, from the group. So I think this kind of gets to one of the questions that I have for us this week is how does, 
how, how does what we say we believe when it comes to love God or love neighbor, um, this, this story that we just read, how does what, what we say we believe express itself in the world? What does loving God and loving our neighbor look like for the global community, the public good, uh, the future of our planet's environment? Uh, this is one of the reasons that we've been asking these kinds of questions for the past few weeks about um, alternatives to patriarchy, capitalism, systems of domination, and the kind of promises of um, the cultural patterns promising our happiness and fulfillment. What, how does this story help us reframe what might be considered our North Star and what it might mean for our community to to think about matters of ultimate concern. What is most important to us? What, what is our North Star? Uh, how, does, how does God's love anchor what we actually do with our lived experience? Jesus says in this text, uh, to love God with all of, your, all of your heart, your mind, your being, your strength. What does this what does this change if this invitation is to the community rather than to us as individuals? If salvation is once again not meant for me, but liberation for all of us. I think something, it's something like love requires our collective conscience and all of our being as a community uh, to live with shared values for justice, beauty, and life, and working that, working that out. I think we'll leave it there for this week, and I look forward to, um, to talking about this text on, on Sunday. And as always, as we approach this week, may we love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. Be well.